A lot of wood stoves have like a glass front and a door that latches. Hippie killers are top loading because they're so thin. Sometimes the fire, it'll be like very rhythmic and huge and metal. A lot of people die because if you don't weigh the lid down, the lid can blow open. And so that's why it's called a hippie killer. Those stoves have killed a lot of inexperienced Northern folks. Even experienced ones if they're drunk. Do I look fat in this? Does my ass look fat in this? Me and my double F tits. I started train hopping. I would just sing, because I'm by myself. Nobody can hear me, I need something to do. And after doing that for about a year and a bit, I had these songs that I'd been writing my own songs and just playing harmonica. I picked up a ukulele in Vermont. It was like $35, it was supposed to be 50, I talked the guy down. I wanted an instrument that was really lightweight because I was still living out of a backpack and with my dog, and my dog had a backpack. Am I busting out of this dress? 2007 was back in Toronto for a couple months. I'd been playing more, I'd been writing some more songs with the ukulele. And my friend was like, oh, my friend, she's got a show at the Silver Dollar. She needs somebody to open. Do you want to open? And I'm like, yes, but I didn't have a name yet. Curvy, jiggling flail. And at that time, I was listening to a lot of early blues, like Memphis Minnie and Big Mama Thornton, and just really simple, witty, sexy old songs. And so I went with Big Mama Lily, because I was trying to own who I am from a feminist perspective. Do I look fat in this? Yes, 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 yes. Do I look fat in this? Yes, my ass look fat in this. Never liked country music until I started hitchhiking more and train hopping more. And then I got into it and realized, oh, this actually makes sense. All these like really old country and blues songs. This is about the life I'm living right now. And suddenly I didn't hate country because that was my life. I had met a guy when I was 16 who told me all these wonderful things about the Yukon. How the sun didn't set in the summer. How beautiful it was and how free and open it was. How friendly people were. People just like pick you up and take you to their pig roast. I ended up working for the railroad in northern BC, and then I got laid off because it was 2008 with the recession, 
And I was like, I'm so close to the Yukon. I went up for two weeks and I just left this August 2015. Dawson is a little toy town on the side of a mountain that has a lot of people in it that might not be able to make it anywhere else. There's a lot of great people, a lot of great artists. I've been to 35 states and 14 countries. Like, it's the coolest small town I've ever been to. But there's also so much drinking. In the Yukon, in terms of road, like, Dawson City is as north as you can get. I had seen it from the river, and I was like, oh man, who lives there? I want to live there. And so I went to go check it out and was sitting on a log in front of the place, and turns out the owner and uh, an acquaintance of his were like gathering wood from the beach. I was asking if they knew who owned it. He was like, why do you want to know? And I'm like, because I want to live here. And he's like, sat down on the log, and he's like, well, I own it. It's my family's old fishing camp. Take care of the place and take care of yourself. The only reason I was working for the railroad was so I could save up money, buy some land, have a little place in the woods. And here, I was just able to skip all that. I did not have neighbors. I'd say for at least a mile in all directions, there was no one north of me except for a guy who lived on an island. It was 20 feet by, I don't know, 14 maybe. It had two rooms, but one of them I didn't really use because the cabin wasn't insulated very well. It was a kind of minty green, but not all the boards were on it. Had seven windows. Most of them had cracks in them. The stove was right in the center. There was a lot of garbage in the back just because, yeah, it wasn't an accessible spot for driving. There was tons of berries around the, uh, the cabin, and I lived next to shipwrecks from uh, old paddle wheelers and stern wheelers. And it was cool to walk through them and see these things being overtaken by nature. As it starts getting colder, so generally sometime in October, they pull the ferry out because there's ice chunks floating in the river. And then it's a couple weeks. You know, sometimes it's two weeks. Sometimes it's five weeks, depending on the weather, for the river to freeze solid. Everyone in West Dawson is just kind of stuck in West Dawson if they want to stay at home and just have a chill couple weeks, or they have to stay with somebody in town. And the rich people, if they run out of stuff, will just, like, get beer helicoptered over. It, it happens. What did people tell you to do to prepare for winter? What did, everyone told me to get on EI. <laughs> so I did that. First time I was ever on EI. Good boots, 
stock up on food, stock up on fuel, stock up on wood. I taught my dog how to pull a sled so he could help me carry stuff. I had some friends, and they were telling me, like, which wood burns the longest. Like, I, I don't know these things, so birch. Birch is good. Spruce is good. Driftwood, not good. So I'd use uh, spruce kindling. So, like, the bottom branches of a spruce tree, they don't have any needles on them or anything. They're just, like, the very bottom branches. Those start fires really well. I was really, really sick, and I just kind of stayed in bed instead of tending to the fire. And I passed out with my boots on. So on my baby toes, they turned black. So many things I just learned, trial and error, because people up north, like, yeah, they're friendly and, you know, they'll give you their old shitty chainsaw. But there's so many people who go up north and don't know what the fuck they're doing. So there's a certain annoyance with telling somebody stuff that, to use common sense. Definitely learned a lot of things the hard way. Groceries. A lot of things would just freeze, and they'd actually be ruined by the time I got home. My olive oil was solid, but I learned that you can freeze rutabagas over and over and over, and you can still eat them. Potatoes and carrots, not so much. Um, was there a bear incident, or am I making that up? Okay, uh, there's more bear incidents in my mind than real bear incidents. I was so uneducated about bears. I thought they were just going to jump out from the woods and be like, I had a little harmonica on my necklace. I'd be like playing my harmonica and just making so much noise. I did have bears come around the cabin, though, because there was all that junk in the back, right? My dog just sort of freaked out, and his hair went all up, and he was just like growling and barking, and he's a pretty quiet dog. I went out to see what was the problem, and there was, like, a huge bear. And Carmen was just growling and barking, and the bear left. And then Cartman, he's a boy dog, he peed on everything. And then people were telling me that I should pee on everything. <laughs> so I did. I stopped using the outhouse for a bit, and just, like, in a big perimeter around my cabin... My dog and I just marked it like, hey, bear, there's somebody's living here right now. Uh, I wanted to know your thoughts on dating in the north. Uh, I wouldn't know because it didn't happen. <laughs> I've had friends move up there and like fall in love and it's been all great. But I also have a lot of female friends in particular who've had a hard time finding a partner or even just going on lots of dates. I have a lot of friends who are single for years up there, and it's not uncommon for them to be like, oh, it's been a couple years since I've even had anything. I did a really funny Singles Awareness Day show where if you showed your Tinder profile, you could uh, get the drink special. And I would say for those few hours that I was playing, Tinder just boomed in Whitehorse because there was like 20 more people on it. 30 more people, 40 more people. It was um, funny to do it in a group because everyone's like, oh, he said the same thing to me. He said the same thing to me. He said the same thing to me. I was doing, I guess it was correspondence through University of Alaska. And then I went and moved there for four months. And uh, I was single for a week. (laughs) 
so that led me to believe it wasn't me. It was the Yukon. <laughs> I know a number of women who are leaving the Yukon, um, you know, for like work or grad school or all sorts of things. But embedded in that decision is that they're sick of being single. And you wrote Biking Home Alone Again in the Yukon? Crying on my like 26th birthday, biking up a hill. And then I just like stopped biking because I was drunk and sad and like went into the woods for a bit. That was my favorite song, I think, of all the songs I've written. And it's just about that trying. That, like, trying so hard. And that hope, that fucking hope you have of, like, maybe I'll meet someone. I think hope's important. And I think we do need to keep trying. And just, like, keep going out regardless of whether we have love or not in terms of a partnership. But fuck, it's hard sometimes. was episode three of wintered a podcast about the cold this episode's guest was big mama Laley. to listen to more of her songs visit bigmamalaley.com wintered is produced edited and mixed by me ellie gordon marshall special thanks to anna weinveen michelle arnold and ella fetter this was the last episode of wintered for the season If all goes according to plan, I'll do another season starting in next December. Now, you might forget that, so I've decided to start a newsletter for people that want updates on my work. You can find it at my website, legm.com. I hope you stay cozy till spring.